it is time for the State of the University Address. So let me... JJ wants to know if Signum has a fight song. No. No, we don't. Um, uh, a sort of an old joke uh, among Signumites, JJ, is actually that we've... Um, um, long before we had much of anything else, we had, um, like, sports mascots, uh, uh, you know, and th- so that... Um, we were thinking of, you know, having like uh, uh, sweatshirts and T-shirts for like, you know, the Signum University football team and stuff like that. Uh, um, so, yeah, we, it would be uh, so, uh, the, uh, the eagle, of course, is the Signum uh, mascot and uh, the dragon is the Mythgard mascot. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> Bobway's theme, Zach says, is the uh, <laughs> is the fight song. <laughs> it's rather a whimsical fight song. JJ, yeah, I think, uh, and, and gave him the boot to learn him is a much better fight song on the whole. Yeah, that, uh, that totally, that totally makes sense. Um, by the way, before I begin, I should, uh, I should give a quick, um, uh, a quick update, uh, on our, uh, uh, our fundraising status here today. Uh, you guys have been awesome. We are at 46,724, uh, total dollars raised this campaign so far, 46,724. We have, uh, exceeded our old record by over $3,000 so far. Um, and, uh, this is, uh, uh, this is, this is absolutely wonderful. I'm gonna, I'm about to go on and show you how this fits into what are the, you know, to answer some of the questions, that I think a lot of people still have about Signum University. So here are the questions that I want to um, that I want to answer tonight. One, what is Signum University exactly? You know, and number two, why do you guys need so much money? You know, why are you know these goals so high? Why are we talking about raising fifty thousand dollars? You know, what do you do with fifty thousand um, dollars? Because I know that. For most of you, the majority of you who are here tend to interact with Signum programs through the Mythgard programs that I do, right? Through Exploring Lord of the Rings or Mythgard Academy or my Lotro streams or something like that. And so what you see is me sitting here in front of my computer, right? And it, you know, it's, I, it, I think that to some... Um, you know, I I, it, I might look like kind of a one-man show, you know, and so it might seem kind of strange... Or just not really knowing what this is all about and what it is I'm talking about when I'm talking about Signum University. And again, why do we need all this money and what do we do with it? Uh, anyway, all the money that we raise that people give. Um, so I want to talk about that. Um, first thing that I want to emphasize in answering the question who we are is just to sort of briefly acknowledge our overall vision. You know, Signum University was founded with the concept that to use the internet as an educational tool, to use the internet as an educational tool for connecting people, right? To make educational opportunities available and accessible to people for whom that would not have been possible, right? Um, That's the opportunity that I saw back in 2010 when I started thinking about this. Um, You might have, if you've been here for a while, you might have remembered me saying earlier uh, that the Silmarillion seminar was really a changing uh, moment in my life, and that's why, uh, because it was the experience of doing the Silmarillion seminar. Um, That's what opened the entire world of online education to me. I never would have thought of that. I never would have even, uh, online education was not on my radar screen in 2009. Um, 
But as soon as I had that experience of <clears throat> leading a discussion and running what was very like a class, in fact, not only like a class that I had done, uh, but that was quite unlike any class I'd ever done before, um, that's when I said, wow, this is really, this is something uh, that really needs to that that really needs to happen. This is this there there is an opportunity here um for people that um that really needs to be taken advantage of. And I started looking around for people who were taking advantage of it and found that there weren't that many, <laughs> in fact, um uh who were doing uh what I was thinking was possible to do. So that's that's kind of the 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 concept that Signum started with. But okay. In addition to just talking about Signum and its programs, though, I'm going to be doing that, and I want to I want to clarify some things that I think are often confusing to people. Um, I also want to emphasize, you know, when talking about who Signum is, right, and what Signum is, I want to emphasize the people, literally who we are, you know, the people who make Signum University and its programs work, um, because that's something that I think is invisible to very many people. Um, but I think that should not be that should not be so. So okay. <clears throat> so one of those simple questions. Let me start with the biggest question that a lot of people often have. So, wait a second. I thought you're talking about Signum University. I thought this was the Mythgard Institute. Is this the Mythgard Institute? What? How are the Mythgard Institute and Sig? What's the difference between the Mythgard Institute and Signum University, and how are they related to each other? Um, this is a thing which is confusing for many people, and you know it's something that has grown and evolved over time. So I totally understand anybody being confused about that. So let me just, uh, right, Estelle, as Estelle Aragorn points out, the answer is Signum is. Signum is as you see it. <laughs> exactly. Um, <clears throat> that's right. That's exactly it. Uh, let me uh, let me show you how this works. So let's talk about the Signum tree, okay? Um, because, of course, I um, I love Leaf by Niggle, and uh, there's a lot of Leaf by Niggle that really resonates with me, and especially lately. In particular, you know, this, this quotation that I took as sort of the theme quotation of uh, our fundraising campaign this year. It had begun with a leaf caught in the wind, and it became a tree, and the tree grew, sending out innumerable branches and thrusting out the most fantastic roots. <clears throat> that process, that process of spontaneous and organic growth in this journey of discovery that Niggle is going on as he's uh, doing his tree painting is um, <clears throat> is very much what um, I, I, something I relate to very closely. You know, I kind of described what was the leaf caught in the wind for me, um, you know, after I did the Silmarillion seminar. And like Niggle, I have been tacking my other paintings on around the corner. So like the Tolkien Professor podcast is one of those, <clears throat> is one of those other paintings that's been tacked on uh, around the edges of the, uh, of the Signum tree as it has been growing. So, um, but, so let's look at, uh, here's, uh, here's my, my little tree diagram uh, to explain how conceptually, how this stuff is all connected. Um, so Signum University is our entire organization. That is that is that is the trunk. Everything is a, is a is a subset of Signum University, um, and uh, you know so we because we, we have uh, you know Signum has become this really robust and diverse educational organization, um, which is doing lots of different things, um, and this is how I conceive of it as a tree with three separate branches. Two of these branches have been around for a while. Right, the Signum Graduate School, where our MA program lives, and the Mythgard Institute, 
right? These two have been around for a long time. This one, the Signum Academy, is new, right? Um, uh, this is uh, uh, this is much more recent, has grown out of very recent events, and I'll be talking about that uh, in a little bit. But together, all three of these undertakings really represent Signum's commitment uh, to making great educational experiences available to a wide audience. Now, let's talk about our graduate school a little bit first here. Let's talk about the that uh, central and top branch there. Um, our master's degree program is a serious, rigorous, rigorous graduate program uh, designed to train and prepare a new generation of scholars, people who want to be involved in the scholarly conversation. If you're one of those people who's been sitting there with, you know, Tom Shippey and Verlin Flieger and Doug Anderson uh, uh, on your shelf uh, for a long time, and you would really love to engage with this more, you know, this is something, uh, this whole world of, of, of Tolkien scholarship and beyond Tolkien, of course science fiction, Germanic philology, um, even medieval and Renaissance literature as we're developing uh, more into there. All of this stuff is um, is what the Signum Graduate School does. And, and to give people the opportunity uh, to come, you know, whether you're intending to pursue an academic degree or whether you're, uh, you know, that is to pursue an academic career, you know, a, a de- your degree as a step towards your uh, your academic career, or whether this is, uh, you know, something more casual, whether you just want to be an independent scholar, to be involved uh, in these ki- this kind of coursework and, and developing some of your own ideas. We want to give people the opportunity to do that. And a lot of our MA students are people who are involved in other careers who are coming back to this out of love, you know, after having been in, you know, in the business world, in the working world for uh, for decades already. All of our graduate students share a passionate desire to immerse themselves uh, in these studies, and it is so much fun uh, to see people really uh, developing and coming along. I love the uh, the thesis theater events that we do when we showcase the work that our thesis students are doing as they're finishing their degree, and we look at the and I just kind of think back to you know interactions I had with them before, you know, back in the old days before they joined the program and everything and seeing them, you know, off and doing their own stuff. It is so neat uh, to see what's happening in our graduate program. Um, We do uh, invite people to join in on a more informal basis, of course. We have a lot of auditing options. If you just want to you know, be there. If you just want to sit in on the courses, you know, be listening into this scholarly conversation, but you don't have time to write papers and stuff yourselves. That's uh, uh, that's that's cool. That's totally fine. We have lots of options uh, for people who want to be involved with that. Um, and uh, we've got our, you know, the thesis theater is part of our Signum Symposium, this, you know, larger scholarly conversation where we invite guest, uh, 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 guests in. We'll have panels like our Game of Thrones panel uh, that we had lately. Um, and we're having a guest lecture from Demetri Afimi that's coming up soon, very soon, like Monday or something like that, um, yeah, next week, October 16th, as I recall. Um, but anyway, so there's, there's, there's lots of great conversation that's happening. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, Signum has really become one of the, uh, one of the, the, the biggest science fiction and fantasy graduate programs in the world. I mean, there are very few places where you can, uh, dig into this stuff, um, uh, as much, you know, to, and, and be able to study with the faculty, you know, that, that we have both our lecturers and our preceptors. It's, uh, uh, it's, 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 it's really, really great. So, um, our, um, our graduate program has been really 
growing and developing and maturing. And if you were, guys were here for our earlier section where we were talking about that with, uh, uh, with Serena Higgins, our uh, department chair, and several of our students, uh, you heard a little bit more uh, about that. Of course, now I know that many of you are also interested in, you know, engaging in serious intellectual discussion on this stuff in a more informal way, right? Who are not excellent in a degree program. You know, maybe this kind of serious coursework towards an MA degree is not where you are in your life, but you want to be engaged with these things. That's what the Mythgard Institute is for. Um, our graduate program, very cool, very rewarding, but again, that's not where everybody is, right? Um, Mythgard is the home of our non-credit-bearing teaching programs. Um, we can meander slowly through the Lord of the Rings together, right? We can, uh, uh, you know, uh, do the, our open series of book discussions in the Mythgard Academy, um, Silmarillion Film Project, all of those things, you know, my Lotro streams, all of these things are within the Mythgard Institute. Mythgard is, in a sense, the heir of my original Tolkien Professor podcast. You know, I started the Tolkien Professor podcast in order to, you know, start a literary conversation that would be able to include people outside the professional academic world. It's one of the things that motivated me to start my podcast in the first place was... You know, the scholarly conversation is really cool, but there's a whole lot of people who might be interested in this stuff who can't, who are not a part of it, you know, who don't read scholarly journals and be involved in those discussions. Um, so uh, uh, anyway, so that's, that's, uh, the Mythgard Institute is really, uh, is really continuing, uh, uh, continuing that, uh, that whole, that whole trend, that whole direction. Uh, Mythgard programs are completely free. We don't charge anything for either for live attendance or for downloading the things afterwards. Again, that's part of the whole concept of the Mythgard Institute, that it be um, totally free of charge and open to everybody. We do charge tuition uh, for our graduate courses because we have to, we need to pay our faculty and other things. This is a, uh, that's, but of course, we're committed to having our tuition be as low as we possibly can make it. Um, and that's a, 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 a pledge that we plan to continue all the way through. Our tuition is deliberately low. It's lower than almost any where else. There are very few places in the entire world where the tuition is lower than at Signum. And I humbly think you're getting a little bit more uh, for your tuition money at Signum than you get at many places that have comparable uh, that have comparable to, uh, tuition levels. And, but again, that's part of the whole philosophy, part of the whole motivation, really, um, of the whole uh, Signum project. So those are the two branches that have been established for a while. And again, you can see how these two things go together, right? How the uh, the graduates, the graduate school on the one hand and the Mythgard Institute on the other hand are designed to be complementary, right? The one which is open and informal and the other one, which, you know, the one which is sort of outside uh, the the sort of formal scholarly conversation and the other of which is inside. And of course, a lot, you know, people kind of go back and forth between the two of them. Um, but uh, but that's the difference. You know, so what's the difference between, you know, the Signum Graduate Program and the Mythgard Institute? That's all of our credit-bearing programs live there. Uh, Erojush, I see you asking about uh, accreditation. Well, I might as well talk about that now. Um, it is our graduate program that we are working towards the accreditation process. I'm not supposed to talk about this. Seriously, it's one of the rules of accreditation that you're never supposed to talk about accreditation. But uh, it, it, I think that 
blanket taboos like that are kind of silly. So let me start with a disclaimer. We are not yet accredited. We have no promises that we will be accredited. But we are doing, but I can say and feel no, uh, no, no qualms in saying, we are doing everything that we can uh, uh, in working through the accreditation process, which is a long and involved process uh, for American institutions. I know a lot of people outside of America and many people inside of America don't really understand how um, the accreditation system works. Let me tell you, in a, in, in, that is to say, accreditation is like a prerequisite of existing um, in many places. That is not true. It's the other way around in America. In America, if you are starting up a brand new school, you cannot get accredited. You have to exist. You have to have a full, they don't, no one will accredit an idea. They won't give you accreditation because you say you want to start a school. Um, you have to begin it. The program has to exist, be processing, be, you know, be processing enrollments and even graduating students before you qualify to receive accreditation. So we are in that, uh, we are in that, uh, that process right now again. I can't, you know, that the, the, the accreditation people are very concerned lest anyone seem to be, uh, uh, you know, sort of implying that they already have accreditation when they don't yet and all that kind of thing. Again, we're doing what we need to do to make that happen. This is a real challenge. In fact, I would say for a school like Signum to start up from scratch without any endowment funding right? We did not start up with a, a $50 million grant from some, uh, you know, as like a, a for-profit endeavor, you know, with, uh, with investment capital, right, behind us, as a lot of other educational, startup educational initiatives and institutions have done. We started up as a nonprofit with no money, building from scratch. And uh, it is... Uh, it is, it is a challenge building up all of the systems that you need, not just doing the paperwork, but building up all the systems that you need in order to satisfy the accreditation process. We are in that process and it's still, I can't make any predictions. I can't say we should be accredited by this or that. I can't, I can't, I'm not allowed for good reasons uh, to say any of those things. Um, but uh, we are, we are doing a lot. And uh, Mungli, is accreditation retroactive? Yes, it is. Because that's, uh, that's one of the sort of benefits of how it works. Because remember, how accreditation is assessed, they don't look at what we say we're going to do. They look at what we have done and what we are doing. And they say, yes, that fits our accreditation standards. So yes, in that, in, in that sense and for that reason, uh, accreditation is retroactive. Yeah. Um, that's not exactly the language that they choose to use. But if you're saying, asking what I think you're, what, what I think you're asking, then, then yes, that, uh, um, that is, uh, that is what I, that is, that is the answer, I believe. Okay. Um, so as I said, so Mythgard, our graduate school, both of the, oh, but I was coming back around, Eridrush, to answering your question in order to say it is the Signum Graduate School that is applying for accreditation. Nothing that the Mythgard Institute does is going to be under that accreditation umbrella. Those are all, you know, free, casual, um, for personal enrichment, you know, no credit based uh, and therefore no tuition charged uh, programs and courses. That's what the Mythgard Institute is always going to be. Um, so, um uh, so that again, that's that's another way to understand the distinction between the Signum Graduate School and the Mythgard Institute. Now, um, yeah, yeah, exactly. I I, I figured Eridrus. I just wanted to I just wanted to sort of take that opportunity to explain that as another way to uh, as a, as another way to to 
to, to talk about that. Now, we do have a third branch that has really just started to grow in this past year, and that is the Signum Academy. The Signum Academy is our new program, new set of programs designed for kids K through 12, basically high school and down. Um, I have... Uh, this, this began with our Hobbit camp this past summer. You guys probably remember hearing me talk about our Hobbit camp uh, at various times uh, and in various ways. Um, you know, we ran this two-week uh, immersive summer camp for middle school students. Uh, Dime, who's been with us much of the day, uh, was our teacher. It was, uh, uh, it was really... Uh, it was great. It was, it was, it was so much fun. I really enjoyed, um, you know, hanging out and, and, uh, uh, to, I was, I was kind of in the background. Dime was teaching and I was in the background helping to answer people's questions and, and, uh, patch their questions through to Dime. I was kind of, uh, um, looking in the, uh, uh, in the back to kind of help facilitate things. And it was so much fun. Good. I see, uh, Kelly was coming out of Kelly hosted a, uh, a chapter, uh, out at her bookstore in San Diego. Uh, so that was, uh, that was great. Um, it was such a great experience that I am, I'm, uh, I can't wait, uh, to expand it and to do more of that. Um, I, uh, uh, you know, basically as soon as we started doing it, really even before it happened, I was, uh, I was increasingly enthusiastic by the opportunity that I could see opened to us by this kind of program and by the responses that we were getting, especially from the public uh, libraries and the, the homeschool groups that we were, uh, that we were working with in partnership and bookstores, Kelly, um, uh, that we were working with in partnership, uh, in the Hobbit camp program. Um, you know, we, Signum has been in the business of providing this kind of educational opportunity for grown-ups, right, all the way from the beginning. Um, it's always been a dream of mine to be able to extend this to, uh, to, 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 to kids, whether this be summer camps or after-school programs or as a supplement uh, for homeschoolers' curriculum. You know, there are lots of ways, I think, that we could be involved with, uh, um, with, with kids and encouraging kids to be involved in this uh, uh, in this in this stuff, so I've been uh, really excited at how we're working on this. So this year we're really making this, uh, you know, we're making that step. Um, the you know the trial run of the Hobbit Camp so good. So we're going to be expanding that significantly uh, in next summer, summer of 2018. Um, I'm going to talk about this a little bit more. Some of the some of the things that we're doing with Mythgard Academy. I'll come back to this when I talk about plans for the future. Um, but suffice to say, Signum Academy is definitely going to be uh, one of those uh, uh, one of the major branches uh, of uh, Signum University uh, moving forward. I am. Uh, really excited about, uh, what we're building there. So, all right. So let me, uh, tell you now about the part of Signum University that most people never see. And that is the work of the people involved, uh, in, uh, making all of this programming possible. Right. Uh, as I said, I think I get more credit than I deserve sometimes because I'm the, the, I, I'm the public face, right. I'm the, the, the voice that people hear and the face that people see, uh, associated with most of the Mythgard programs and, uh, and, you know, a lot of the Signum promotions and, and all that stuff. Right. Um, but, uh, the, um, the fact is there's a lot more people involved than just me. Um, anyone, anyone here who is not 
connected with Signum, right? Who's not actually, who's not part of our staff. Any of you guess how many people work at Signum? How many people do you think uh, work for Signum University? Any guesses? Forty-two. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Okay. Those are good guesses. <clears throat> Not quite two hundred and fifty. Now the answer is uh, about fifty, between fifty and sixty people uh, work with Signum. See, like. Six years ago, when Signum started, I was like two-thirds of the staff and, and like half the faculty, right? But those days are so long over. Um, between 50 and 60 people work uh, for Signum University right now. Um, it's a big job. It's a big enterprise. Let me, let me give you a, just a simple, just to kind of give you a hint of sort of what goes on behind the scenes. Um, let's take a, a really simple example. Um, somebody applies to our master's degree program, right? So we get an application for our MA program. Our application process is simple. It's much simpler and quicker than most schools. Most people who apply to us will hear, uh, you know, hear uh, uh, back from us, um, you know, uh, about, you know, whether or not they're accepted and, uh, and uh, you know, get incorporated into our program, usually within a few days of when their application comes in. But every application that comes in triggers work from like seven to ten different people across our entire organization. Because we, as we evaluate the application, create student accounts for them within our software, uh, update our financial books, of course, to reflect uh, uh, them and the tuition and to make sure to create an account for invoicing their tuition and stuff like that. Um, we have to give we have to connect them with an advisor and an academic mentor, uh, which is part of our admissions process. Uh, in addition, of course, to the work of the coordinator, whose job it is just to make sure that nobody falls through the cracks among all of these different uh, parts of our institution that are all involved in welcoming in a new student. That's, um, you know, so once the student is, okay, but, but when then there's more, right? So once the student is then plugged in, that's just the admissions process, right? Once the student is plugged in, then it's time for course registration, right? So, okay, so what happens? So they choose a course. And yet another group of Signum people behind the scenes springs into action, okay? Uh, so we have, because the student has to be placed into an appropriate uh, preceptor section. One of the fundamental uh, elements of every single Signum University course is a live synchronous interaction with your peers and with a professor who's not just emailing back and forth with you, but who is there talking to you, right? Which means we have to coordinate people's schedules, right? So we take the, uh, the, the, the daily schedules and the time zones of all of our students and our faculty, and we matchmake them and we put them into sections, right? So we have some, in fact, a lot of that work uh, there is done by Sparrow, who did our, uh, who did our reading a little while back. Um, anyway, so we've got, but that's, again, that's just the first step of placing them uh, into a, uh, into a, into a course. And then, of course, we have to, we have to get the, 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 you know, the tuition invoice generated and delivered, and we need to keep the advisor in the loop about what courses the, the, the student is taking. And the department chair, of course, is keeping an eye on the process to make sure as the courses are enrolling to see if we need to talk to our faculty and add more sections and all those things. And of course, none of this is even to mention the work that goes into 
designing and constructing the course, right, by the faculty team involved and the staff coordinators who are working with the faculty uh, and connecting them with our software people who can then publish our courses and make sure that they're all set up for the students to get plugged into. Um, you know, and there's a whole needless. And then, of course, there's a whole set of you know, leaders who have been organizing and coordinating all of these processes behind the uh, behind the scenes the whole time, right? Um, the uh, the and of course, this is not even to talk about all of the work involved in preparing for the certification and accreditation process, which is also going on uh, in the meantime, implementing developing and implementing policies and writing handbooks and all of these other things. You get the picture. Running a school is really complicated, right? And I'm just talking about, uh, I've so far I've just been talking about a fraction of what happens in the life of one of the three branches of Signum University. Now, uh, Mythgard programming is a little simpler logistically, right? Um, uh, it doesn't have quite the complexity, but still, even that is nothing like as simple as it looks. Um, you know, we've got the folks who are organized, uh, who are involved in helping me prep and organize the programs. So, I mean, I'm the one sitting in front of the camera, but I'm not always the one uh, doing all the work trying to make that happen. Um, there's the team of people involved in making and processing and posting uh, the recordings of our classes so that everybody can uh, can get access. All of the people who listen to our programs asynchronously uh, and can get them. There's our outreach folks who are focused on you know, spreading the word and making sure that people know about our programming uh, as they're coming on. And of course, we have things like our broadcast software and the recording software and our cloud storage software and everything else that has to be uh, paid for, right? So we have our we have our bursary team paying the bills and doing all of our bookkeeping and making sure that we have all of that straight because we still have the IRS to answer to as well, right? And then, of course, we have all those other laws that we have to uh, 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 comply with as well in addition to the IRS, right? We've got to deal with, make sure we're dealing appropriately with the Department of Labor, with the Social Security, office and even, believe it or not, Homeland Security. Um, so there's lots and lots and lots of, uh, of stuff that, uh, uh, that has to get done, again, even for the comparatively simple stuff um, that seems to be like me sitting down and talking about uh, Chapter 7 of the Fellowship of the Ring. Um, so uh, th there's, for every hour that we spend doing that, you know, there are just dozens of faithful and diligent and generous people who are doing all of this unheralded behind-the-scenes work to make all of this stuff possible. Now, here's the kicker. Are you ready for this? The majority of all of this work is still being done by volunteers at Signum. Most of our staff is still unpaid. The work has grown and grown as Signum has grown and we're doing more things and, and with more people. Um, and yet... We st it, most of our staff are still volunteers. Signum is made possible by the passion and faith of our team, of the people who are working for Signum, who have committed themselves uh, to Signum and to seeing Signum succeed. Um, they have invested their time, so much time and energy, uh, in moving Signum forward to the place where it is now. Um, so, yeah, like we owe so much to the financial support of our donors, and we owe just as much to all of the time and effort of the people who have been uh, doing this work for Signum for very, very little. Um, 
we have one, a lot of the work at Signum is done by many of our students. Instead of we don't participate in any government programs, our goal is never to participate in any government aid programs. We will never be involved with uh, federal student aid programs or anything like that. I want no money from the federal government. Um, really, I, I don't want any part of that, state or federal governments. Um, that's again why we keep we just our plan is just we keep our tuition low so people can actually afford to pay it but when people do need financial aid um we do that through tuition remission we um uh we uh, th there are some of our students who will do work uh at signum university they'll be a part of our team and will get their tuition remitted um uh in exchange for the work that they do um and so a lot of our uh much of our work happens uh, happens in that way too um Anyway, it's been uh, uh, it's been an amazing time of growth to see Signum growing and to see again all of the people contributing to this. Um, this year, we're moving forward in some pretty exciting ways, and I'm going to talk about the, the the all of this stuff. I hope will help you to see the importance of this next step that I um, that that I think it's it that it is now time uh, for Signum to make now. Uh, let me talk about money for a little bit. This is where I come to answer that next question. Why do y'all need so much money anyway? Why? Uh, what's uh, what's uh, what's the financial situation? So, I'm going to be completely transparent with you guys. That seems only fair, right? I mean, here I've been asking you guys for money for weeks and all day long, and um, it seems only fair uh, to sort of show you where that goes, right? So let me let me walk you through this here. This is a, a sort of a uh, a slightly shorter version uh, of Signum's budget. So these are our total expenses for this year. This is our, from our actual budget for 2017 to 2018. Uh, we will spend, our projections are that we will spend about $147,500 on labor, various labor. I'll break that down uh, in a few minutes. We spend 18, a little over 18500 in total software licenses, we pay $14,000 in fees. That is like PayPal fees and uh, payroll fees and banking fees and all of those other things. Um, it's because a lot of most of our transactions have a percentage fee attached to them, every single one of them. So those pile up. Um, uh, $5,000, $5,000 to our library, uh, which is uh, less than they deserve. But uh, uh, but uh, all we've been able to afford so far. But uh, as we talked about this morning, our librarians do such wonderful work uh, with that. Um, I know it, Fairvenon, it looks really sad, doesn't it, right, to see that we pay almost three times as much in fees for banking and stuff like that as we pay, uh, as we pay for our library. So sad, the modern world, but there it is. Um, but... Uh, uh, other expenses. So other. This is, of course, a very generic category. Our other expenses are things like uh, accountants and fees that we pay to certification organizations and um, a little bit of promotional expenses, a little bit of money that we're trying to put aside uh, to be prudent about having a rainy day fund and that kind of thing, uh, you know, a contingency fund uh, for Signum. Uh, all of those things put together uh, come to almost another $30,000 um, so that our total expenses uh, for the year project to be 214500 roundabouts. So this is how much it actually costs to run Signum University, okay? Um, now, 
our income. So that's again, that's our total. Uh, that's our total expenses. Tuition income we project to bring in about one hundred and fifty-three thousand dollars in tuition income this year. That is really awesome. That is. Uh, that is. Uh, will be if we make our projections, which I think we're. Um, which I think we're on we're on track to do. Um, this will be our, our highest tuition income year ever. But of course, as you see, this still leaves us with a $61,500 shortfall uh, in our budget because, again, it's not just the graduate school, right? It's the entire tree that's being supported by these expenses. Um, for the year, total budget between now and our, the end of our fiscal year is July 31st. We run August 1st to July 31st. Um, 61,500, right? So right around, you know, call it, call it 60,000, right? Um, that's, that's, that's what we need, right? That's what we need to keep, uh, to keep Signum going. And I'm confident that we're going to get there. Of course, we're already most of the way there. As you can see, uh, we are already three quarters of the way to our annual goal. Um, just in, uh, you know, by here, by the end of the campaign, it's only October. And, uh, you know, we've got between now and, uh, now in July, uh, to, uh, uh, to raise, to raise the rest of it. That's the sort of, uh, 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 Estelle asks, how much do we usually get per year in donations? Well, about that. This is a little bit more. Our budget has gone up a little bit this year, as I'm going to explain in just a second. Um, last year we, uh, Estelle, we got about 50,000, right? So we're actually almost equal to our last year's entire budget. We're only about what? A little over 3000. No. Yeah. Yeah. A little over 3000. Um, Wait, is that even right? I can't even remember. What was the last update I gave? Yeah, yeah, yeah. About three thousand two hundred fifty. Um, so about three thousand two hundred dollars short of our total uh, uh, a donation budget from last year. That's where we are right now. Um, let me explain why this keeps going up. So this is again, you know, why do we need all this money? Why well, I showed you what our expenses were. Um, so remember what I said about staff, right? Again, this is another way to kind of illustrate this. Cost of labor, obviously, two hundred and fourteen thousand dollars. Our total budget, one hundred and forty-seven thousand of it is is labor. That, by the way, is the whole concept, the whole like business model of Signum University. We don't have a campus. We will never have a campus. Everything that we do is completely online. We will never have a campus or an office building. It is my goal for Signum University never to own real estate of any kind or rent real estate. Uh, we don't do um, we don't do any of those things, right? So. Um, Therefore, the vast majority of our expenses are and always will be uh, people, right? We, it's, it, is, it, is, it is people in whom we invest, not stuff, right? Not, uh, you know, so much of the expense of higher education in America in these days um, is invested in stuff, campuses, you know, making, a, making the plush country club, club uh, to attract students. And it's... Uh, you know, I mean, it's great, right? But it's expensive, uh, and it's what really drives up. Um, it's what really drives up uh, costs, and why even at very high tuition places, they're barely they're barely uh, uh, cutting even most schools. Even again, the ones with astronomical um, uh, uh, tuition rates. So, 
Okay. Oh, Tim Duff, uh, great question. The expenses for Myth Moots. I haven't included that in the budget. And here's the reason why I haven't included that in the budget. Um, by the way, the total costs budget for this year for events is at about $34,000 more. But um, in the history of Signum University, we have always had the goal and achieved the goal of cutting even on events. Um, we don't make any money and we don't... Um, uh, and we don't uh, 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 spend any money. We we always we design our events to be self-sustaining. We try to keep the, the the ticket prices when we sell tickets as low as we possibly can. We just need to cover our expenses for the conference, and that's our goal. We don't try to make money through our uh, through our events. Um, our events are rewarding in lots of other ways. We want to build our community. You know, we want to we want to get together with our people. We want to um, give people the opportunity to to meet each other and to to read papers and to hear other people read papers and uh, get into conversations. It is a, a, a huge enrichment of the Signum community to have those events. So if we can do that essentially for free, right? That is to say, to, at no net cost to the budget. That's how we do it. So, so Tim, it was funny when I, I started talking to the, 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 the team, our events team, which is now planning MythMood, and what a great job they did this past year and um, are, uh, are, are creating a really awesome MythMood for this coming year. Um, uh, so, uh, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be great. Anyway, um, so... They asked me at first when they first started doing it. They're like, "Okay, what's our budget?" And I'm like, "How much do you think you can pull in? That's what your budget is." So anyway, so that's why I haven't even included it on here because it's it 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 balances out again. It always has. Our plan is that it always will. Um, so um, so yeah yeah exactly. See, uh, uh, boomfly is that how you pronounce your name? Boomful. Uh, um, we're dedicated to not making any money. That. That'll attract the investors, he says. Well, that's it, right? You know, we're we're uh, have never set ourselves out, you know, to, to try to look sexy for investors. Nobody nobody invests in us with the desire of making a financial gain, right? That's not that's not ever what we're about. And one of the reasons in which I decided in the end to set out to do this, like <laughs> what I was told at the time was a practically impossible thing, um, to you know, to start a nonprofit school with no endowment from scratch and go through all this process from the ground up. Um, I I was determined to do that because I didn't want to be beholden to anybody, because I didn't want us to be a for-profit institution that had to earn, you know, a certain profit margin um, in order to, you know, please the company that invested in us and is trying to make a return on their investment. Um, So, so yeah, we have... uh, uh, firmly been in the we're not in this to make money um, uh, uh, plan for a while. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, for, for-profit education is uh, a tricky world, Eredrush, and it's not something I want to be a part of, really. Anyway, so back to our Investing in our people here, of that hundred and forty-seven thousand uh, dollars that we are uh, projected to pay to people, here's how it breaks down: a hundred thousand of that, almost a hundred and one thousand dollars of that, is to pay faculty stipends. So this is to, directly to pay the teachers who are teaching our courses in the graduate school. Um, the other forty-six thousand six hundred goes to our staff, all of our staff 
combined, right? So again, you will remember fifty to sixty people do the math, right? That doesn't go very far, and the vast bulk of that, um, about as I recall, about thirty-seven thousand out of that forty-six thousand is basically intuition remission. Right. So that's the money that we basically can sort of give back to people. Um, you know, we, we don't collect their tuition. Um, you know, they, uh, they, they, they work for us instead of paying tuition, which, right, if you're good at math, puts it at about $9,000 that we actually pay to all of our staff combined. Most of our staff, as I said, almost all of our staff is volunteer. Many of them are, again, are, are you know, part of, our, part of our student work program, but that's not... Um, uh, that's not um, that's not much, you know. That's there's, there's, that's uh, there's only there's that only goes so far, um, either in the uh, compensation that we're giving people or in uh, the amount of time that we're able to get from people uh, in that uh, in that way. Yeah, Blue Wizard says if um, if I'm told it's impossible, then it must be worthwhile. That's kind of how I've always thought about it, Blue Wizard. I have to say, uh, um, I didn't believe them when they told me it was impossible. Six years into it, I see better what they were talking about, right? I, I, uh, I, I, I can see how much I didn't know when I uh, was told it was impossible and said, oh, no, it'll be fine. Um, but, uh, but I'm really glad that I've done it and that we have, uh, and it's, uh, it's just such a testimony, uh, not only to the continued uh, commitment and support of you guys, our financial donors uh, and supporters, um, but of our staff, many of whom have been working for years, who have given hundreds and hundreds of hours of work because they believe in Signum University, they believe in what we're doing and what we're trying to build, um, and uh, and and it just it couldn't uh, possibly uh, couldn't possibly have continued uh, like this. So okay, um, so what happens next? Where do we go from here? What does this stuff mean? You know, why have I been talking? First of all, again, just to be open about our budget and what we do uh, with your money and why we need it, but. More. If you guys have been around for the last few years, you know, if you've heard me in previous campaigns, one thing that I often say is, um, you know, I, you know, we've talked in previous campaigns, we've set like campaign goals and stuff and said, okay, this is what we need to, to, to keep the lights on, you know, uh, at Mythgard and Signum for another year. And it's true. I mean, we do have these requirements. I mean, we, you know, we are well on our way to achieving our goals for um, keeping the lights on at Signum for another year. But here's the thing. It's not enough just to keep the lights on, because the fact is, that's not a good long-term strategy, right? Um, for a while, that's how we lived, right? We, we, were, we were a startup. We've been around for six years now. And we have grown, and we are beginning to to be able to do things that we were never able to do before. It's time for us to stop living hand to mouth year by year. We need to build. We need to grow into the future. You know, we really need to develop into the future that is beginning to unfold so clearly in front of me. As far as our programs and what we can achieve is concerned, what we need is stability. Right. We need to make sure that Signum is. Is, is is being built on a foundation that can really be counted on to last. And this is, again, where I come back to the issue of most of our staff are volunteers. And although they are all awesome, what that means is almost everybody on the Signum staff has a day job, 
right? Um, which means that signum work has to be done and, you know, never any uh, 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 blame to anybody involved has to be done here and there around, you know, uh, everybody else's commitments and things. There's, there's a lot of things that we can't do and that we can't commit to because we don't have a solid core of paid staff uh, that we can uh, that we can build around. Um, this is um, this is what we need to do in order to be uh, to, to be able to accomplish what we want to accomplish. So let me sort of talk about what this sort of long-term stability would need. Um, you know, we need we need permanent staff, but what that means. We don't just need a little bit more income. We need a different level of income, right? Um, you know, so we need to raise $60,000. We don't just need to bump that up a little bit. In order to have paid staff, we need to multiply our income, um, which means we need to th- start thinking about some things in some different ways. And this is where I think the opportunity for us is, uh, is coming, uh, this year. This is why I'm really excited about where we are this year. Um, so let me pause that for a second and uh, talk to you. You'll see how this uh, is uh, relevant here in a second. Uh, let me come back around to some of these new programs that we're developing for the coming year, and then I'll, I'll sort of show you sort of one of the common threads among these programs and uh, and how this uh, leads into what this has to do with this question of uh, really changing the... the um, financial situation of Signum University. Signum Academy. So back to the Signum Academy. I started talking about this before. Remember Hobbit Camp and all that stuff. Um, this year, we plan to do the summer camp pro. We're going we're gonna to do, we're going to multiply that. Um, we're going to do six summer camps instead of one. We are going to be releasing our info. Last year, we released the Hobbit camp information in like April or something like that, which was cool. But, you know, it was the first time we ever did it. And what we discovered when we distributed that information in April is that most of the libraries, especially the big library systems, had already planned all of their programming for the summer. So although we got a huge response, we had 67 libraries, as I recall, uh, participate, you know, libraries and other homeschool groups and things participating in our uh, uh, in our Hobbit camp. But despite that, we had a bunch of very large library systems like our 15 local libraries within this county would love to participate in this program. But we've already established our um, we've already established our um, uh, uh, you know programming for the summer. Uh, so our plan is to release all of our camp information to libraries and things by December this year so that we can get everything set up. So with a greatly expanded camp covering more topics, not just Hobbit camp now. We're going to do the Hobbit. We're going to do the Fellowship of the Ring. We're going we're gonna to expand out to some other things, um, such as like a Harry Potter camp and a um, uh, maybe a Chronicles of Narnia camp and uh, some other things. So it's going to be... It's going to be... Uh, it's going to be really neat. We're going to, so we're going to we're going to be able to reach a wider group of kids at a much larger uh, array of uh, libraries and homeschool groups. So we'll have that we'll have that set up uh, much earlier on. Um, Narnia Camp, JJ. It's going to be cool. Um, so anyway, that's um, 
that's one thing that we're going to be doing. We ha- we were con- we got we're connected to hundreds of kids this past summer uh, for the Hobbit camp. Um, that's something that I think that we can expand very greatly. I see no reason why we might not be able to be connected to thousands of kids this summer uh, through our summer camps. This is really cool. This is a fantastic opportunity that I am super excited about. Also through the Signum Academy. There's another uh, thing that we're working on. We're working on a new set of classes. These would be non-credit classes, so we're not going through the accreditation process for K-12. through uh, that, is, uh, that is something I just kind of back slowly away from, to be perfectly honest. But, um, so these are non-credit courses. The, 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 the concept, the target of our non-credit courses will be for, uh, for homeschoolers, right? Uh, for homeschool uh, uh, parents who want to incorporate these courses into their homeschool curriculum, uh, for after-school enrichment uh, for kids who are in, um, uh, who are in day schools. Um, there will be a small uh, tuition attached, but it's going to be, you know, it's going to be as affordable as we can make it because, um, we, you know, we, we do, are going to need to pay the teachers of those courses. Um, uh, and, you know, these courses are going to be live interactive courses uh, to be able to, you know, give kids an opportunity to study a bunch of the things like the programs that we have at Signum. Um, so it's going to be uh, it, it's, it's, it's so I'm really excited about our ability to reach a whole you know, new generation of kids growing up who can be, who can discover, you know, some of these books that, that we love. I see you guys, uh, a bunch of people excited about the Narnia camp. That's great. Um, yeah, I'm pretty excited about that too. So, um, anyway, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's just wonderful to, um, be able to encourage kids who are already getting excited about these things and, you know, to kind of welcome them into this sort of lifelong community of, uh, of geeks and dorks like us who enjoy talking about this for the rest of their lives. Um, so anyway, I, I, I think this is going to be really cool. In addition to the Signum, the new Signum Academy programs that we're doing, where we hope to reach lots and lots and lots of kids in this coming year, we're also going to be expanding, uh, some, uh, of our MythGuard programming. Now, I, I, there's there's not quite so much I can talk about here, but I just want to kind of give the general idea first. I would love to expand the program. I talked about this earlier uh, when I was talking with Kurt and Kat, uh, and they're, you know, one, the f- sort of first little example of this, you know, it's a, it's sort of a cloud uh, the size of a man's hand on the horizon right now, but the Mythgard Movie Club that Curtis and Kat are organizing is one of the, the first steps in this direction that I want to take to open the Mythgard world to more people than me. I've been doing it, you know, myself for a while. I would love to get, um, uh, to get more people involved, uh, more teachers involved, and uh, be able to address a, a wider array of sort of different fandoms and interests. Uh, that I mean, I do mostly Tolkien stuff, and that's not really a that's not really a coincidence. Ooh, Chronicles of Prydain Camp. That would be really. Uh, that would be really cool. Anyway, sorry, I'm getting distracted by uh, other camp suggestions over here. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, so I definitely want to expand the MythGuard, uh, the MythGuard program, um, to just to be able to, to, to widen our reach, bring more people. It's, you know, MythGuard Institute. It's not just for Tolkien fans anymore, you know, is one thing, uh, that I want to be working towards here, uh, over the course of this next year. There's also, and this is, uh, um, again, I, I've, I've sort of worked this out least exactly what this, I, I have, a, I have a picture of what I want. I'm not sure how we're going to be getting there yet. Uh, this is one of the things that I'm working on right now. Um, but 
I want to work on ways to partner with more local institutions where people are, where readers and fans are. Um, places like libraries and bookstores and comic stores and things like that. Um, where, you know, where, where fans are and where uh, at times fans congregate and work with, like, in a sense, like the model of the Hobbit camps in the way that the Hobbit camps is work, the Hobbit camps are partnering with local institutions to help not just to reach people in those communities, but to help to foster um, uh, 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 groups within the community, right? We don't just want to have online classes with our, with the kids who are in the summer camps. We want to encourage them to come together and talk about the books together at their local library, right? Um, uh, so yeah, there's, there's a, there's, I want to do a similar thing on the adult education level. You know, I want to, I want to be able to facilitate more, um, you know, book clubs and, and gatherings, you know, whether it's attached to some of our uh, current programming, whether it's a completely different program, um, these kinds of sort of, uh, you know, hybrid outreach programs are something that I'm working on, uh, and that I'm really interested in, in, uh, in expanding. Um, so what is this all? Um, yeah, exactly. Um, uh, 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 Tracer is saying here, we have, uh, uh, great local bookstores and lots of nerds, uh, in DC. Exactly. There's lots of places where you get, uh, really great, um, you know, places where you have like places that serve as, as you know, crossroads and nexuses for a lot of uh, of our people, you know, of our tribe who are out there that we haven't connected with yet, and whom we would really like to uh, to encourage. Um, so yeah, there's lots of opportunities. Yeah, Signum U meetups, uh, Lyrlen. Exactly. I've kind of thought about actually working with the meetup people. Um, that hasn't really panned out yet, but I still might consider looking into that. But anyway, certainly that kind of thing. Um, our regional, uh, our new regional event series, which we just um, have sort of expanded now officially with our uh, our Iowa moot that happened last weekend, which was fantastic. We had 70 people show up to our Iowa moot last weekend. Um, we're having Tex moot this year down in Fort Worth in January. Um, so, um, you know, and again, that's sort of one step in the direction of facilitating finding people and connecting people and really facilitating this kind of this kind of discussion and things. So anyway, I'm working on a bunch of things here. So how does this stuff help? You know, how does this help us to make the leap that we need? How how can we help this uh, to help support Signum and help to support the people who are supporting Signum? How does this help us make the leap? Um, well, there are... Uh, couple different ways. One is by getting an endowment, right? So uh, a eucatastrophe is one answer. So uh, if you are listening to this and you happen to be a billionaire, um, uh, email me at cory.olson at signumu.org, and I would be delighted to have a conversation for how you could come alongside Signum and help us grow. Um, but uh, for everyone else, um, the... The plan for how we make the leap, how we change the situation at Signum University, how we shift from being an institution which, from a financial standpoint, is still kind of operating in startup mode, trying to keep the lights on uh, year by year, into one which has um, uh, a uh, this more sort of firm support uh, moving forward. Um, oh, see, see, Mungli, I'm glad I could remind you. See, sometimes people do forget that they're billionaires and... Uh, and uh, uh, as I like to, you know, just kind of remind you. Um, 
Anyway, so this is the plan. Um, one thing we've never been able to do before because we have a volunteer staff which has had its hands full uh, in, uh, in just trying to keep the lights on and, and uh, uh, do all the work day by day and week by week. We've never had the opportunity to do much grant writing. Um, and that's one of the main things that I want to change this coming year. I want to apply for foundation grants. Signum is in a great position uh, to receive funding. I think we can receive some significant funding from a wide array of different uh, of different uh, foundations uh, that give education that give grants for things like innovations in higher education, which we absolutely are. We are doing higher education in a pretty different way and breaking some really cool new ground in higher education. Um, so that's that's a kind of grant that we could uh, that we have available to us to apply for. Summer literacy programs for kids. Um, we're going to be applying for grants to support the Hobbit Camp. We want to carry on not charging anything. Our goal is to have no kid have to pay for their summer camps with us and instead be giving away books to people. We want to give away more books uh, to kids this coming year. Um, so, uh, um, so yeah, more. And, and there's there are you know foundations out there who love to support summer literacy programs for kids, especially summer literacy programs for kids that, uh, you know, extend into underserved and, you know, rural areas and things where kids rarely have these kinds of opportunities. Um, and the Hobbit camps, you know, the Hobbit camp model and, you know, all of the camps, the Hobbit camps and Narnia camps and, uh, Potter camps and stuff that we're going to be building, um, are really going to be able to, to do that, I think in a pretty dramatic way. Um, Adult education programs, right? As we expand MythGuard and uh, uh, and begin to uh, to really branch out and work with local groups and things and expand our network, I hope also to be able to do some grant writing in support of many of our MythGuard initiatives as well. We have some options, uh, and it's pretty exciting. I think we're going to be able to build something uh, financially uh, through our grant writing, which is going to put us in a very different place that we've been in um that we've been in before, you know, different than we've been in before. Here's kind of the irony, right? The irony is we've never been able to, we never had the resources to apply for money before. And I know that seems kind of backwards, right? But of course, if any of you have ever been involved in nonprofits and in, and in uh, uh, fundraising and grant writing, you know what I'm talking about, right? It's not just the process of researching and identifying grants and filling out the paperwork to apply for the grants. When you get the grants, you, also, you have to count the cost of that, right? Because you have to make sure that you can support that because there's a lot of reporting um, that uh, needs to be done. So, you, you know, if, if you're applying for multiple grants, if you receive multiple grants, you have not only lots of research and application work on the front end to do, but a lot of maintenance and reporting in the back end in order to maintain your funding. So it's a lot of work. It's a big commitment, and we've never had the staff for it. Um, this is this is the uh, uh, the the thing that we're focusing on for this coming year. So you know, bringing this you know sort of back around to you know how you can help, how this relates to our fundraising campaign and everything else. Um, how can you help? Well, of course, you could help us raise several million dollars a year. That would be super helpful. I think an endowment of 50 million would just about do it for now. Um, that would be great. Uh, so if you're not yourself a billionaire, you can just introduce me to your billionaire friends and that will be excellent. But no, seriously, we are. Um, uh, and of course, I'm not joking about that. However, um, uh, but seriously, the thing that you guys can do that is in your power to do, I'm not going to sit here in our fundraising campaign and be like, and this year our goal is $2 million. Instead, though, 
what you can do is help us to pay grant writers. Um, as I said, it's really, uh, no matter how awesome and how dedicated uh, and how persevering our staff is, they all have day jobs and everything else, right? Um, it's really hard for, you know, again, we've never been able to commit to let's enter the grant writing cycle, um, you know, and, and, and really make sure that we're dedicating the staff energy that we need in order to identify grants, acquire grants, and maintain grants once we have them. Um, the thing that is, I think, in our reach uh, is going to we, we have so this year we are building the programs that are going to enable us to qualify for more grant poss more 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 grant possibilities than we've ever had, and um, you guys can help us to get there right. If we if we exceed our base goal, and again base goal for the year is sixty thousand dollars. We're three quarters of the way there already. Everything we raise past sixty thousand dollars, I will dedicate to paying stipends to people um, who are able who are doing grant writing for us. Um, again, I know, you know, I wouldn't ask. You know, I'm, I'm okay. I would ask you guys, but I understand if you can't do it. Uh, that is, give us millions of dollars. Uh, but um, we um, uh, we definitely um, are. It is in our power to be able to raise a little bit of extra money to be able to pay people who can then help us bring in grant money that will help us to pay our other people and will then support more, <laughs> more grant writing uh, and be able to help us to build this kind of, uh, this, the, the kind of financial stability that we're looking for in stages. Um, that's, that's the plan. And I think that we could, you know, if we were to make an extra, you know, five or $10,000 above our goal, you know, again, we're three quarters of the way to $60,000. If we could make just a little bit above that, um, you know, 65, $70,000 for the year, that would make a huge, it's a, it's a comparatively small amount of money that is compared to our whole budget. It would make a big difference. Uh, uh, so, yeah, Erojur says like the, like the falling of small stones that starts an avalanche in the mountains. Uh, that's um, that's the plan. <laughs> that's the financial plan for building, you know, for uh, changing the whole financial picture at Signum and putting us in a place where we can have the personnel, the 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 the, the solid, uh, time committed personnel resources to be able to, you know, continue forward and expand these things and and move forward. It's going to be really really cool. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, exactly. So, uh, yeah, Deathman, I agree. Um, you know, if uh, some billionaire needs to write, uh, do a tax write off of a few million dollars, again, we are a, we are a, 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 a noble destination for, uh, the surplus millions of any billionaire that you know. Um, yeah, very good. Very good. Of course, other ways that you can help in addition to our fundraising, which you guys have been so responsive uh, to uh, in the past and, of course, this year and today. Um, one thing, of course, if you happen to have any leads or connections, that is, if, you know, if you're familiar, if there's like, a, you know, foundations and things that you know of or people that you know who are involved in funding educational projects, like, let me know. You know, give us some... Uh, any, any kind of leads that you could pass along or anything that you come across or hear about... Um, it would be uh, that would be that would be great. Who knows how you know what kind of connections can happen that way, and how things can uh, how things can actually uh, uh, can 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 sort of snowball from there, um, and help us spread the word, right? Again, one of the things that in the sort of immediate short term, 
through things like our our summer camps and our uh, our Mythgard programs as we as we work on expanding our Mythgard programs and stuff, we're not going to charge any money for those things, right? So expanding those and you know investing in in, in in expanding those and making those bigger only indirectly brings in more money. Hopefully it builds our community of people who will hopefully be grateful uh, uh, and uh, are willing to donate and help us continue to uh, to grow and develop. Um, but um, you know the more people that we can bring in, the more people that we can help to find their tribe here with us, you know the more people uh, that we can get connected to, uh, the easier it's going to be for us to be able to build that kind of base upon which we can build all of these other um, all of these other activities. So, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I see you guys have uh, um, uh, shifted to uh, uh, talking about Stephen Colbert. Yeah, yeah, Fair Venom. I'm totally game. I'm totally game. Let's have a. I'll have a. I'll have a quiz bowl with uh, Stephen Colbert, and if I beat him, he gives us fifty million dollars. That seems fair. I totally agree. All right, awesome. Um, very good. So that's. What's happening at Signum? The reason I keep saying this is going to be a really big year for Signum, we're really we're really looking to make some some big changes, not changes away from anything we've done in any way, right? But rather um, taking a step forward uh, to really solidify everything that we already do and build that firmer foundation, so that we won't have to be saying, "Help us keep the lights on uh, every year." The lights will be on, right? And we can instead be uh, be really focusing on uh, on continuing to build and all the exciting opportunities that uh, um, that lie ahead. So, yeah, awesome. Um, very good. So that any 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 other questions? I might have missed some in the chat as we've been uh, as we've been going through. I've been. Uh, trying to watch the Twitch chat as we've been going, but I'm not sure I've been tracking with everything. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, exactly, JJ. If I do get into a, a, a quiz bowl competition with, uh, um, with Stephen Colbert, I, I, I want to have a phone Maggie line, you know, to be like, I'm gonna, I, 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 I got to call in the big guns for this question. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, Estelle, great questions. It wants to know about the names, how we came up with the names for Mythgard and Signum. Um, Mythgard was, uh, it, I, it, it, it came from originally from Minyard, uh, 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 you know, the, the word for Middle Earth, um, and uh, adapted with the word myth in it just because of, uh, and that's always been something that's been really important to me and I think really central to Tolkien's conception and Lewis's conception of fantasy and what fantasy is and why fantasy is important. Um, so I really loved having the myth concept. So that was just kind of a neologism based on those two things, which you which you definitely guessed. Um, signum is from the Latin term, which means a sign or portent. And so that means a sign in the sense of like a prophetic sign. Um I, I named the university Signum University because I wanted it to be a sign of the future. This is an indicator, like this is, you know, Signum, Signum is the future of higher education. This is, this is a, one of the first universities that is built from the ground up to be a 21st century university, not a like 19th or 18th century university or built on the 19th or 18th century model, which is sort of using some uh, 21st century tools, but really to be a 21st century university. So, um, so sign or portent in that way. Uh, also, 
a signum was also the battle standard, um, like the the battle standard of a Roman legion, um, and that was you know to uh, you know uh, uh, join us in our in our in our march to help to to change the situation in higher education in America has always been a really big thing for me. So um, uh, so I loved the sort of play on words there within the Latin signum term, and that's why I that's why I named the school that. Um, okay, let's see. Uh, uh, other questions here. Oh, how many students are in Signum's MA program? Mm, 60? 70? About that. 70, 75, something like that uh, in our MA program. Yeah, lots. Um, let's see, will there ever be a Dante class? Yep. Who knows? Um, I would love to do a Dante class. Um, we'll see. We've been expanding our medieval and Renaissance offerings, so I think I can definitely see a Dante class happening. Uh, will we do Italian? Now that's a little tricky because Italian is a living language, so that kind of goes outside of our comfort zone. But um, that might uh, that might that might be possible. Um, but yeah, we definitely have been uh, we definitely have been uh, expanding our medieval stuff. So I could totally see a Dante thing coming. Um, Mythmoot, yes, there is news on Myth on Mythmoot uh, five. Um, I can give you some teasers. Uh, see things I can tell you. Uh, l- let me let me go through my list of things I have been permitted to tell you about Mythmoot five. Um, we are going. It's going to take place between June 21st and June 24th. It's going to be at the same venue as last year, so that's going to be fun. There will be more signs. There will be more Signa uh, around to help people navigate now that we know what we're in for. Um, it was. I thought it was an awesome venue. I had a great time at Mythmoot this past year. Um, we have uh, several confirmed guests for Mythmoot. We're going to be joined uh, by two awesome, two more awesome Tolkien scholars this year. Um, uh, namely, uh, Douglas Anderson and John Garth is going to be flying over uh, to join us at Mythmoot. So that's going to be really cool. And we have just uh, um, we have just confirmed another guest recently, which is really cool. Um, uh, Mark Ockren, the guy who wrote the book on the Klingon language. Uh, so he, he does a lot of uh, Khan Lang stuff. Um, so he's going to be coming. He's going to be giving a talk on, on the Klingon language and maybe even teaching some Klingon workshops, right? So uh, that's going to be really, really cool. Um, anyway, so... Uh, it should be uh, it should be it should be a lot of fun. There are other things that'll be coming up. Possibly might be able to reveal some more things later on, but that's all I've been authorized to say so far. Um, so uh, the um, um, the other things. So um, oh, and uh, the registration is going to open soon. Early bird registration is going to be. Um, uh, opening on November 1st is the goal. So we're coming up soon uh, on being able to get tickets uh, for uh, Mythmoot. And it's located in Virginia, Leesburg, Virginia, which is in northern Virginia, not too far outside of Washington, D.C. Um, that's where uh, that's where the location is. We were there last year, and I thought it worked out great. It was really cool. Okay. All right. Um, Kelly says we have to sing the Klingon battle song at Mythmoot 5. Totally. Absolutely. Yeah. That'll be... Uh, that'll be... That'll be fun. Total. Uh, I can't... There's probably not going to be Gok served uh, at uh, uh, at Mythmoot 5, but honestly, I think that's... Uh, I think that's just as well. Um, <laughs> anyway. Okay. Uh, other questions? I had some other questions earlier on. Um, uh, let's see. 
Sorry, I'm uh, having scrolling issues here. Let's see, other questions. Okay. I think that's... I think that's it. Yeah, Todd likes the location for Myth Myth. That's good. Yeah. Oh, logos. Who designs our logos? A bunch of people. Um, so... Um, this logo... Uh, was designed by Brianna Melvin. She did that one. Uh, she's done a bunch of our art, our course art, and various other things. Um, the old Mythgard logo. I'm forgetting the real-life name of the woman who designed our Mythgard Institute logo ages ago. She's from China. She's very cool. Lost, lost touch with her. Our Signum Academy logo um, uh, was designed by Emily Hoff. Very cool. Um... Let's see. I think that's, I think that's, uh, that's most of our logo material. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, cool. All right. Um, other questions? Other, any, any questions anybody has about Signum, where we are, what we're doing, where we're going? All those kinds of things. Yes, Estelle. Related indeed. That's right. Yeah. Cool. All right. <laughs> That's right. Cool. We are also... Um, I've been very excited about... You know, I mentioned... Uh, regional events and stuff. Um, I have, it's one of my favorite things about this year so far is that we have been sort of we've been talking about this and thinking about this um, more events. You know, the regional events are so good. I love being able to connect with people. Going to Iowa last week was awesome. Um, not only because I've never been to Iowa and it's always fun to visit a new place, um, but by the way, it 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 worked out. Um, it worked out really really well. Um, the uh, uh, the the location it was perfect it was just exactly how we drew it up you know I mean I, I've t when I talked about this before um, you know when when Iowa was first proposed to me as the location of our Midwest moot um, you know I was like Iowa seriously like who's in Iowa why would we go to Iowa and the answer of course is that it's uh, it's right in the middle of everything at the Iowa moot we you know, so we were right in the center of Iowa well, not quite exactly the center but we we're pretty close to the middle of Iowa in Waterloo. And we had people who drove down from uh, uh, Minnesota, a bunch of people from the Minneapolis area. We had people who were driving from Illinois and Indiana, you know, who came out. We had people coming up from Kansas City. Um, so it was it was it was a great central location that was able to draw people from that entire region of the country. Really, really cool. Um, and it was so great to be able to, there was a bunch of people that I got to meet for the first time, uh, you know, whose names I've known for a while and, uh, you know, have seen coming up and, um, uh, Lyra yes, exactly. We had people coming down from Wisconsin. Um, so no, it was, um, it was, it was, uh, it was, it was fantastic. Um, we have text moot coming up in January. I would love to expand this. You know, the the we you know now that we've done this a few times, we have some you know a, a fairly simple template for these regional events. Um, there are really two things that we need in order to make a regional event happen. Um, one is a venue where we need a, a place, and the easiest place, the easiest uh, kind of venue, are um, 
educational, but, you know, like schools, colleges, uh, and places generally. Um, so we can find usually a collegiate, uh, location to have as our venue. That's great. Um, or, uh, and we need a person, we need a point person, uh, who can really help with the local organization. Again, that's not, it's not like a huge burden of work. Um, but you know, we definitely do need somebody who can, uh, sort of, uh, you know, take charge of it and really be the, uh, our, the person on the ground organizing stuff. Um, so yes, Fairvenon, January 13th is Texmoot. Um, January 13th, Fort Worth, Texas is where Texmoot is going to be. So yeah, we've had the Midwest moot. Now we're having Texmoot. I would love to expand, um, elsewhere. I would love to, to get to the Southeast. We've been talking about the possibility of a Carolina moot, um, something maybe in the Charlotte area. Um, maybe, I don't know, San Diego, uh, maybe somewhere in the Pacific Northwest. I would love to get over to Europe. Um, uh, to do uh, uh, to do a to do a moot over there, either down in continental Europe or in the UK, um, there's a lot of um, uh, a lot of uh, possibilities for that. Oh, who did the animated titles for the videos, uh, uh, Mike? That's uh, um, uh, Sarah Powell. Um, she's the 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 leader of our uh, di- digital campus division. Um, she's been our main digital media person for a while. Yeah. She made the digital titles for our videos. Um, I love the, uh, uh, the Mythgard on Lotro one. That's my favorite one. Um, anyway. Yeah. So, um, absolutely. That's, Oh, Kelly, I'm so glad to hear you say let's do San Diego as you're totally the person I was looking at when I leaned forward. Um, anyway. Yeah. So, um, yeah, New York city, we should absolutely do. You know, I mean, I'm, I've been living in New England for four years, and we haven't had a we haven't had a New England uh, uh, moot yet. Maple moot. Um, I, it would be great to do something up in the Toronto area, like Toronto or Montreal, somewhere somewhere in that area, um, up, up in the north. We've got a lot of Canadians involved, uh, uh, not only at Mythgard but even on Signum staff. We've got a whole bunch of Canadians. Um, so, um, uh, absolutely, that's. Um, um, we're, I, I would love to, uh, uh, to, to, to branch out to those places. If you have ideas or suggestions, be in touch. Well, I would love to, to, to see that. Events like this are something which are not too hard for us to do, and they have such a great um, payoff, I found. Um, so, yeah, I'm, uh, uh, I'm excited about possibilities. Florida, sure, why not? Um, a Florida moot would be, would be cool. Um, yeah, <laughs> Cape Breton Island moot. I'm not sure about that one, Todd. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. So where is best for people to get in touch with, uh, ideas and suggestions? Great question. Um, I would suggest that you just start by writing our main info line, which is info at signumu.org. Um, you will reach our door ward, who's been here with us today, uh, Sharon, and she'll direct you to the right uh, to the right person. So, um, that's uh, that's definitely something we'd like to do. Oh yeah, uh, Ruth, UK moot would be awesome. I would love to do that. Um, I'm even thinking of uh, maybe talking to uh, the Tolkien Society. Uh, about maybe doing something together or something like that. I, yeah, I'm not sure, but we'll see. Uh, that would be uh, that would be cool. So, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Japan, you know, hey, we could do Japan. Uh, I'm open. I'm open to suggestions. You know, we'll see. Um, but um, 
yeah, I would, uh, I'd be happy to, to, uh, uh, to do some of these things. My goal is as much as I can to travel to as many of the regional moots as possible. I love to meet Mythgard and Signum folks. Um, so we'll see, uh, we'll see what we can do. Right. But, uh, definitely, uh, as I say, we have a, we have a much better system for that now than we've had before. Um, so I want to, uh, definitely encourage you guys to, uh, to, to reach out, think about how we could make this, uh, make this happen around you guys. So totally.